Welcome to the Knife Journal Podcast. Episode number 50. My name is Kyle Versteg. I'm here with James Noka. Um, so did you hear did you hear about my new acquisition? Mm-mm. I got a I, I picked up a Henry Lever Action 22. Oh, cool! I've always wanted one of those. Those are cool. You know with what? The brass they are. And all that. Well, mine's blued. Mine okay. was real cheap. I picked it up from somebody that needed some money and didn't pay much for it. But it's got a couple scratches in it. But it'll be a nice kick around truck gun. Yeah, just throw it in there. <clears throat> yep. And um, I shot it the other day. I was pretty impressed at how it shot. Hmm. Um, and that probably is one of the smoothest lever actions I think I've ever run. Yeah, they're not I'm, I'm extremely big shells and stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm extremely, I'm extremely impressed at the, at the way it handles, the feel of it, the, the walnut stock is beautiful. Hmm. I mean, I, I would highly recommend it. Extremely oh. well made. I've always wanted to get a Winchester ninety eight, but mm-hmm. didn't they stop making them for a while or? Ninety four. Yeah, maybe that's it. I, I don't remember. It's the the win the famous Winchester lever action. Well. <clears throat> The one that they that they sold a lot of is is the the one that's probably the most hunted rifle in the history of rifles, mm-hmm. which would be the Winchester Model ninety four. But I think they made one. I think they called it a seven uh, the Winchester seventy eight, which was the one the rifle that they claim won the won the West. Mm-hmm. What what caliber would you get it in for just deer hunting and whatnot? Um. Well, a seventy-eight. Is it? Is it a seventy-eight? Maybe a seventy-four. No, seventy-eight. Seventy-eights were like um, uh, you could get them in like a forty-four forty or um, thirty Winchester Center fire was one of the model was one of the cartridges, which would be a thirty-third, like a thirty-thirty. I, okay. I think. A, a I think it's a 30, seventy-three. Winchester seventy three. That's right? the one that that's the one that's the forty four forty. Okay. You can get them in forty four forties. Yes, that's the one that won the West. Okay. Um, you get it in a forty forty five long Colt, I think. Forty four forty. Thirty eight fifty five. Hmm. Um. Yep, Winchester seventy three. That's a, actually a lot like the. Uh, the Henry that I got. Let me let me go grab it. So this is this is it. Yeah, that's just basically the same rifle, almost yep. identical. Yep. Yeah. Do you know is Winchester back making those? Because I think for a while they stopped making lever actions. No, no, they still make a, a, a ninety-four, a model ninety-four. They uh-huh. don't. They don't. I don't think they make a seventy-three anymore. But if you look at if you look at a Henry Henry rifles, mm-hmm. um, they make a a seventy three look alike. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Hang on a second, and I will send you. I mean, I, they have some rifles that I would really love to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and after after handling this one, I would not be afraid of getting any of theirs. Um, their stuff is fine as frog hair. Mm-hmm. Very very well made. Very. Um, let me see if I can send you a text message with a link on it. Actually, oh. I think they still make the 73, dude. Winchester? Yeah, it's on their website. It's saying they, they make it. Um, yeah, it's for sale. Yeah, and it's still in those three three calibers, but the 94 was the one I was kind of looking at wanting to get a while ago. You can get that in 3030. Yeah. Um, I'd get well, the they carbine, do make it. I think. They make it 1873. They do make that. Damn, yeah. I didn't even. I didn't know they were making these. Well, because the thing is, is they stopped. I, I, I can't remember when it was. It was like in the early 2000s. They stopped making the lever-action guns entirely. And then they must have brought them back. But I wouldn't mind getting a 94 because that's, uh, it's got a little bit more power and reach than my um, 12-gauge for deer. Well, when um, you come up here, you're going to want to use a rifle. Yeah, if I, if I ever go hunting up there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but uh, it's, uh, you know, we can't use rifles for deer except for the southern two tiers of county down here. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but when you come up when you come up here and go deer hunting, you can. Yeah. Well, I think, you know? I think what I'd like to do is, uh, um, I like using iron sights. Because mm-hmm. with the scope, like if if the de- if the deer is running, you're kind of hosed, you know, with mm-hmm. the scope. I, at least I am. But with a um, with iron sights, I have no problem hitting what I'm aiming at with iron sights. So right, you know, that's probably what I would do if I was going to rifle hunt. That's interesting. I did. I had no idea that they made these. Hmm. I had no idea. Yep. I would, I would, uh, hmm. Although, I don't know. I like the Henry rifle. Yeah, it's pretty sweet, but they only make it in, like, 22, right? No, no, no. Uh-uh. Nope. They make those uh, full size. Huh. Yeah, They I make, maybe. uh, go, let's see, lever action rifles. Uh, the original Henry is, um, uh, 4440. 13.1 rounds, 43 inches over long with a 24-inch barrel length, 2300 bucks. Hmm. A lot of money. Yeah, the uh, you can get a Winchester 94 for about 1100 Yeah. Which, for something I'm just going to bump around the woods with, that's like more my price range. <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a couple 94s. It's cool. I have a couple 94s, and I have a... I have a um, a Marlin forty four Magnum. Oh yeah, those lever, are nice lever gun. That's I'd, really nice. Yeah, I'd like that because I, uh, when I pistol hunt, I hunt with my forty four. Be nice to have the gun use the same, uh, same ammo. Oh now, see now, I would take this rifle here. The, the, uh, it's called a Henry Big Boy. And it's um, forty four Magnum, forty five Colt, or three fifty seven. Okay. And it's got a brass receiver, and that's only nine hundred bucks. Yeah, but then you're limited to a pistol caliber. Yeah, but 
pistol calibers and a rifle round and a rifle are actually sometimes really I mean my I've taken deer with a 44 magnum on a rifle and I've got a single shot 44 magnum that I've shot deer with oh yeah I, I guess I I shoot them I've shoot shoot them and I've shot wild hogs and things with a with a pistol it's just uh I don't know I guess I never thought of how it would perform in a rifle I would assume better because it's got a longer barrel and sure yep mm-hmm. yep and that's why so I heard from uh, Anthony Scalambrini about the Nax. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a whole big rundown on it. Yeah. So he says, uh, "Here's what I have from a combination of sources, including uh, USPTO, uh, U.S. Patent and Trade Offices, a few business record searches, and consulting with some collectibles folks from auction houses." Um. He says, there's no patent awarded for the NAX or to CS Cutlery. Additionally, there are no trademarks awarded for the NAX. None that I could find anyway. Um, CNS Cutlery and CNS have an abundance of trademarks, but they are for a company that sells restaurant supplies. They sell knives on high wear steel suited for giant bin steam washers like Hobards and such used in restaurants. I don't think they mean the same thing we do when we say a knife is high wear. It is uncommon for patents to be applied for and abandoned for whatever reason or not be awarded. Patent pending merely means that the company applied for the patent and it has not been awarded. Um, Let's see, he looked at some other stuff, some business records, and he says uh, CS C.S. Cutlery was a small company with headquarters in uh, Evanston, Illinois. They appeared to have formed sometime in the mid-80s, around 1985. They never officially ceased operations, but I could find no renewals of corporate paperwork or the like beyond 1988. Uh, They then marketed a few different products sold through Soldier of Fortune magazine. Uh, their two main offerings were the knacks with and without the hollow handle. They were made of 440C, um, which is still a pretty good steel and at the time was darn nice. Uh, they were milled out of a single plate of 440C. They were marketed as high-end survival tools, much the same way that the uh, tracker is today. Uh, the collectibles guy, uh, only I gave him the knacks name knew exactly what it was and indicated that they are relatively rare but for the price of good ones is around two to three hundred dollars for the solid handle model he was unsure of the price for the hollow handle Hmm. and um, let's see what else so he says uh, some other stuff Um, so with the name I could finally complete the circle Jim, unfortunately, it looks like Kyle was right. This knife is much more recent than you and I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Finally, I want to say thanks for the podcast. I'm happy to report that listening has made me more of a knife user than a knife buyer. It also provided me with the encouragement to do more stuff outdoors. Uh, Both my four-year-old son and I delight in monkey business. He especially likes using flint to start fires. Finally, we are reading My Side of the Mountain based on the mention on the podcast, sparking an old memory of mine, and he and I both love it. One thing I'd like to hear more of is your experience with developing knife skills. 
after I listened to you, you guys and Ethan Becker interview, I realized that using a knife is still a skill like any other, and that if you want to be good at it, you have to work at it. Uh, I am a tiny bit better than I was before you guys, uh, before, and you guys are why. One day, I will be able to whittle interlocking pliers like my grandpa can. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? A lot of those knife skills are are uh, it's it comes from just using. Yeah, just just not being afraid to um to use your to use your knife and and visualize what you want to remove. Yep. Without without cutting yourself. As far as like projects that people can try, um, if if you guys want to look up uh, Morris Kahansky Tri Stick. And uh, it has a bunch of different notches and things on there um, that you can try. And as you as you make a few of those, you get better and better and better at using your knife. Um, that's one thing. I I can't bring myself to make an entire one. I just get bored because I'm like, why? So what I tend to do is I I like to do like a project. So mm -hmm. um, like the Burtonsville rig is an awesome project because mm -hmm. um, you get a functional thing that's also looks really cool and and all of that stuff and i've got a video up on of jim and i actually making one of those mm -hmm. so yep <clears throat> but a lot of it a lot of it does have to do with you have to you have to not be afraid to try mm -hmm. you know the worst you can do is screw up a piece of wood and go get another one yeah <laughs> you know as long as you're not cutting yourself i mean you keep you have to be conscious of where your blade can go if it slips but besides yeah. that if you you take that away from it, um, you know you can't screw up. Yeah. You know you go you go out in the woods, you find yourself a sapling, and you start carving on it. You know, and you make points. You make, um, you know, go go camping and uh, don't bring your tent pegs. Yeah, that's a good one. That you know, and, I mean, and for axe use. Yep. Um, being able to make big big pegs uh, with an axe that's a real good way to develop accuracy so yep. you should you should be able to make an act uh, a, a good tent stake um, mm -hmm. like for a big tent stake to, mm -hmm. with uh, with an axe and you should you should limit it to seven blows and you can yep. very easily oh. make one okay so speaking of uh, speaking of axes uh-huh i gotta show you my latest garage sale find all right oh that's a uh i know what that is that is a um what do you call that carpenter's axe yeah but it's it's flat-sided yep. so that you swing it and it it's just it's to smooth out beams and stuff i have one yep, of those yep. in my basement that i redid and made it left-handed <laughs> this is would you tip it upside down because yeah. these are left or right-handed, because yep. it depends on how they're how you mount them. Yep. Um, and nope, this was my this is my seven dollar. Um, and and you know the the lady that I got that had this didn't need, I mean it's not the, the handle is bunged up. I need to replace it. Yeah. Um, and I'll probably make it make it left-handed. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, but what's funny about it is she didn't even know what it was. It's different than a carpenter's axe, though. There's a specific name for that specific type of is axe. It, isn't it a squaring? No. God dang it. Um, 
I thought I thought they were called carpenter's axes, but because because every carpenter back in the day had these. They had they had this. They had left ones, right ones. Yeah, it's like shaves. A, it's a. I think it's a broad axe, but then there's a different. Yeah, here it is. Is um, it a hewing axe? Hewing axe. He- yeah, and that's that's so that's specifically so that you can go and um, um, smooth out logs. Um, yep. To rest against it. So if you're building your log cabin, and you don't want to mess with caulking the entire thing, you would flatten two sides of the logs, yep. and that's that's the tool you would use for that. Yep, yep, yep. And when they would would build doors, yeah, they would use this to 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 square up the logs to to yep. build doors and beams and that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. so that was my seven dollar find. Cool. So I'm pretty geeked about that. I'm gonna put a new handle on it and. Uh, yeah, actually, um, finding a handle for that is going to be somewhat difficult. Um, is that? Yeah, I might have to make one. You think? Yeah, my guess. Because um, it's an older <laughs> because it, axe it got design. Off, yeah, yeah, it's, it's got it, an offset on it on the handle too. Sometimes, um, I, I mean, I don't know if that's the original handle on there. I don't think you have to have an offset, but I think the eye shape is is different. So you might have to. That's a hewing hatchet, is it not? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. The problem yeah, because is, it's, it's clearly it's clearly straight on one side and not the other. Yeah, so it's it's basically you guys will have to do a Google Images search for a hewing axe, but but um, basically it, hold up the handle again, and I'll tell you why it's hard to find it. Hold up, no, this way, other way. Okay, so so the problem is is that's more of like um, on that tool they don't. If you look at modern hatchet handles, they they swing forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, finding one that's straight like that is going to be difficult. Yeah. Well, um, on top of that, it's like halfway. It's only it's only inserted about halfway in. So because because the eye yeah the it probably eye it probably slipped out. Oval. The eye yeah. is oval. Well, that that's probably a replacement a replacement yeah. handle, but you you will want a straight handle for that. So that's that's why it's going to be kind of hard to find that. So, like a ball peen hammer, yeah, or like a small sledgehammer handle, yeah, basically, like but a two you, pound sledgehammer. Yeah, you may have to find a find a, a handle and then shape it. Is what I would. Mm-hmm. I would just find a really good hickory handle and then mod mod it to work for that. Because mm-hmm. that's what I ended up doing for mine. Um, let's see. What else do I know? Well, that's pretty cool. This is actually a pretty neat, uh, a pretty neat rig. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, and then they actually work quite well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've used yep. mine a little bit. They're fun. Um, let's see. Did you see that uh, Lon Humphrey uh, finished his uh, run of uh, trackers? <coughs> um, no. So they're going to be available. Uh, Ten of them are available at Knives Ship Free shortly he's shipping them off right now knives ship free is the best place to buy knives period we only carry the best stuff everything is in stock and everything ships for free but the best thing about knives ship free is that we care about knives and we care about you so go to knivesshipfree.com for an amazing selection of the knives you love
you got a gopher in the yard? Yeah. See if you can get him. You get him? Dead gopher. Dead gopher. <laughs> so that's our first uh, confirmed kill on uh, <laughs> Knife Journal Podcast. <laughs> right during the middle of talking about uh, Knives Ship Free and uh, Lon Humphrey's business, we killed a gopher. <laughs> that might be a podcast first, like that in the be. history of podcasting. That could be. That could be. And it's you know it's funny. It's the dogs are it's like out of their reach. They were totally asleep. Now they're probably awake. Now they're probably wondering. So yesterday morning, they're all going berserk at the back window, mm-hmm. and um, it was a uh, freaking whole pile of turkeys in the backyard. Oh wow! Like a whole slug of them, a whole assload of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What the heck? Why are they coming here?" And it's making my dogs crazy. Hmm. But anyway, let's see. Uh, I hate gophers. So, so, so the I last, a, I have a question. Actually, our our readers might, uh, our listeners might appreciate this discussion. Uh-huh. Um, if I was going to buy a Jeep, mm-hmm. and I want the two door model, and I want a removable hardtop. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the advantages of getting a Rubicon versus, like, a Wrangler Sport or something? Okay. My Rubicon comes standard with everything that when you buy... Um, back in the day, people used to buy Jeeps, and then they would beef them up, and they would do stuff to them. Like, like add posi-traction and all these things. Lift kits, and- airlocks, um, disconnecting sway bars those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And Jeep was smart enough to realize that there's a market for that as a product and they created the Rubicon. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is is they take 411 and 410 gears. They have heavier duty axles on the front and the rear. They have positive traction on the front and the rear. Plus they have um uh the disconnecting sway bars. Mm-hmm. And they put it all in prior to buying the Jeep because what guys were doing would they'd be buying a, a a regular Wrangler or a regular Jeep and they would go ahead and put two grand into all that stuff or or three grand into all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And what Jeep did was like you know we'll save you a little bit of time and for an extra five thousand we'll we'll do all that stuff for you and it's be done actually with like it. an extra ten unfortunately or, yeah well <laughs> I'm not sure what I mean I. I I know that uh, that just have the regular Jeeps are extremely capable, and uh-huh. I, I don't want to discount anything from them. Yeah, but the additional lower gear ratios um, allow you to put bigger tires on it and not underpower the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Makes a big difference. Um, having the pause attraction. And the and the locking differentials mm-hmm. that I mean I have push button locking differentials on mine, hmm. so I can push buttons and lock all my four tires up so that all four of them are spinning. It's hard mm-hmm. to get stuck that way instead of just spinning one of them. Yeah, that's like four wheel low on, on yeah a lot of uh... well <clears throat> yeah, but it's four wheel low, but all the tires are locked. Hmm. Okay. So so instead of having just one tire spin, 
in four wheel low or two tires spin in four wheel low, you have all of your tires lock. So there's no single spinning. So those things are 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 extremely valuable when it comes to four wheel driving. I mean, if you if you the the four wheel drive guru in all of this stuff is is Bill Eccles. Mm-hmm. You remember Bill from yeah, William uh, Eccles mm-hmm. from the from PWIP. Mm-hmm. He goes on a lot of swamping expeditions. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know from living up here driving on trails and stuff what i can what i can and can't do do i use my rubicon to the full extent of its capabilities no not at all but you i don't do you the, use the, it beyond what you would use I, a regular wrangler i think I, I think i do because i have bigger tires on on and i do use the locking differentials okay i have been in spots where i've had to use that to get out um okay uh, my next purchase is is more than likely going to be a winch for the front of it. Yeah, because, because you got to have a winch on there if you're going if you're going to do any kind of off roading, real yep. off roading, either have another vehicle along or yep. have a winch <laughs> yep. or both and, and, preferably. And we're the you know the funny thing about this is is since Pablo Island, my wife has been more open to going trail riding. Mm-hmm. And so that we've been doing a lot of that lately is, you know, just take off, pack a picnic lunch and you go wherever you go. Mm-hmm. You know, you use your little GPS and you follow your little trails and you ride all over the place. And up here, there's, we're, we're blessed with having a lot of seasonal roads that are there. They go through beautiful places, but you're not going to make it if you don't have a Jeep or, or a big four wheel drive pickup truck. <laughs> then yeah, even then, then you may not make yeah, it with a big, the- because yeah, because then yeah, then the problem is is you get into some tight spots with short where you it requires a shorter turn radius than you can manage on a pickup, exactly. and then the, a lot of times they're too heavy. You know, you yep, just get exactly. all screwed up that way. But I've I've been I've been extremely happy with with mine. Um, I because I have a CJ five, mm-hmm. I didn't want to get a two door, mm-hmm. and and because this was going to be my everyday vehicle, I am always hauling shit in the back mm-hmm. and that's why i mean my seats are down in the back most of the time hmm. because of that uh but you can put a ton of stuff back there yeah Just a ton, you can put a ton of stuff back there and and i do and that's uh i'm grateful for the extra two doors mm-hmm. um and you know with kids you have kids yeah that's, I, I, I don't want them in my in my vehicle <laughs> <laughs> They have Why? their own vehicle that they can trash. Like, yeah, I don't no. want them trashing my shit. Like, yeah, just no. I'm not going to find a maggoty French fry, you know, stuffed between my seats. I'm just not doing it. No. <laughs> Sorry, not going to happen. So you must really like my vehicle. <laughs> well, it's the difference is it's your vehicle. It's not mine. Right. You know. Yeah, but that's half the fun. Have your kids with you. I enjoyed bringing my kids with me on mm. adventures. Yeah, they, I mean, they, I, when they, I'm telling you, when they get older, they'll appreciate it. I and have, I have three kids, and there's three extra seats in a Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's plenty. I'm not going to get a thing that I can turn into a grocery getter. Oh, three extra seats. In, oh, I see what you're just putting yeah, them three wide in the back. There is a back seat in there. Yeah, and yeah. there's a front seat. So yeah. 
even if they Let's, turn into big tremendous fat asses like me it, they, you know they won't uh <laughs> there's still room for all of them in there yeah but uh yeah, but when you're doing monkey business, when you're taking off and doing monkey business, it's nice to have the extra space to put your to put your extra stuff in there. Yeah, I know. I'll have to think about it long and hard. Yeah. And and you know what? You can pick up used four doors. I mean, that's like their most popular vehicle right now. Yeah. Is is the four door version of it? Mm-hmm. And it's because you're not um I'm not sure what the wheelbase length is changing it. I mean, it's not uh I don't think it's. It must not be very much because hmm. there's because uh, it doesn't it doesn't take away from the capability of the four wheel drive. That's for sure. No, yeah. I I, I mean I just kind of want something <coughs> four wheel drive. But um, ever since uh, I got ever since my I because I had a Dodge Ram Charger when that was like my first car and it was two doors. Mm-hmm. I just I just like two door vehicles. <laughs> I don't know what, and then I the the other vehicle I had was a Datsun 280ZX again two door mm-hmm. vehicle, like you know I don't I don't want to haul a bunch of people in my in my fun thing, <laughs> you know that's what I've got a sedan for. Did you know? Speaking of fun things, um, I was over at a, a buddy of mine's house the other day, and we we're he's powder coating my headlight for my BSA, mm-hmm. and. Sitting in his garage is his father's 1969 Triumph Bonneville. Oh, it's like mine, only Six, one year. 650. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it'd, it'd look almost identical to mine. 1969? Yeah, mine is based on the 68. So it, there's there was only a few changes between the 68 and the 69. Ah. Yeah. But yours doesn't look like that. Yes, it does. It's identical. It's the same bike, except that, that it's got a little bit bigger engine than they than came on the sixty eights. It's it's identical. Like you can't tell a difference. Oh, well, I don't know. This thing didn't look like yours. Yours looks like more modern. Uh, it's not. Um, I I for a while I had a uh, a different seat on there. And I put different pipes on it, but it come come coming stock from the factory. It's it has the teardrop pipes and all of that, but I wanted to get rid of those and uh, get get the emissions stuff off of there. Yeah, yours I, looks like that. It's identical to that. It's really? identical. Yeah, it's that bike. <clears throat> I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought it was a more modern version of it. No, it's it it's 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 modernized. Um, in that it's got a working electronic system, but every <laughs> everything else is identical to that bike. It's identical, like there is no difference. Okay, so the other bike that he's got sitting in there uh-huh. is a BSA four forty one one lunger scrambler. Nice, <laughs> that'd be fun, huh? <laughs> you ever see one? Google that. Huh. BSA scrambler. 441 Scrambler. Victor Scrambler. Okay, yeah. A Triumph um, tri- Triumph made a version of that um, my year, too. The Triumph uh, Scrambler came out that, that was based a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Um, See, that was, during this period of time, Triumph and, and BSA are the same company. Yeah. So there's I mean, a... They literally had the same engines, the same everything. Yeah, so the... Um, 
that that scrambler package is just an off-road version of the Bonneville, basically. Mm-hmm. And was uh, that a, was the Bonneville a one one cylinder? No, it was a twin vertical twin. Yeah, so, see, this thing is one one four hundred and forty-one cc single. Man, ah. that'd be fun to ride, huh? Ah. That's got a whole other whole other meaning to the wor- to the uh, and of course you got to kickstart it. Yeah. But pretty cool bike. I mean, nice, really cool bike. Yeah. One of these times I want to get a, a on-road, off-road bike like that. But uh, choices are endless. Oh, with, yeah. With well, the no, BMW really, the, one being high I, on the list. I was just going to say the BMW one is probably the best choice for that. Mm-hmm. Just a, That's, a domination of... of yeah. uh, class and style and performance those bmws are they're just amazing yeah it'd be cool to um actually that would be cool to do an expedition on those oh yeah because you can go across the across the up yeah and go find some old trails and all that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i should uh give away that uh imp um so there were 22 entries wow they're starting to increase um, yep, on the first page there were 18, on the second page there were 4, and so they don't make a 22-sided dice. So I'm getting my nerd dice out here, and here is what I have decided to do. For, um, I'll roll the 20-sided dice first, if it's 1 to 10 I'm going to select from the first page, if it's uh, 11 to 20 I'll select from the second. Since there's 18 on the first page, I'll give you the rules here. So. Oh, we're rolling on the first page. Now there's only 18 entries, so if I roll a 19 or 20, it's roll again. So here goes. Let's see who wins. It came up 17, and that is um, K.H. Daly. So I think you know who that is. I think that's uh, the character that was along with us on the Great Lakes Island bug out. Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, because this yeah, one Kyle. is... Yeah, this one is uh, registering out of Wheaton, Illinois, which is where he lives, so I'm assuming it's the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yep, so he, he wins, and uh, congrats, and... Uh, Get the uh, information exchanged and get that off in the mail to them. I'm going to um, delete this post. What post is this? Oh, it's a spam post. Oh, yeah. We've got some Nike spammers. <laughs> yeah. I have to... I don't remember. I, gotta, I guess i got to log in. I thought I stayed logged in, but I guess I don't. Yeah. Because I think... Oh. Uh, I think uh, uh, Jonathan has said that he's had some troubles keeping on top of all of them because there's so many of them. <laughs> you know, I don't understand how they how they keep getting by that. I'm gonna have to turn up the thing harder. Okay. Well, now I now I'm not even seeing it. Hmm. But okay, so um, 
Tell me about your dagger that you just made that I want really bad. Yeah. I think you should, I think you should give it to me. I think I'm going to shame you into it. Okay, well, first I'll, of I'll all, you... that was like nine hours of labor when it yeah, I know. thing. I know. I know, but um, you love me. You love me. I'll give you something. I'll give you something next time you come up here. I'll give you something. Okay, so you... let me let me just describe this thing. So it's pretty I, freaking uh, awesome. I I've will say always that. wanted um, one of those double-edged Fairburn Sykes daggers. I've always wanted mm-hmm. one, um, but I've picked a few of them up and they just felt cheap, you know. And I was just kind of like, well, you know. And then they've got that. It's usually it's a stick tang, and you know. So I just have never pulled the trigger on one. And uh, I had I found a a 12 inch uh, piece of 1095. It's 12 by 2 inches and uh, uh, 5 30 seconds inch thick. And I'm like, hmm, wonder what I could make with this. And uh, I, I slept on it. And I woke up the next morning at 3:30. And I said, I know what I'm making. I went downstairs, drew it out uh, with French curves and a ruler on the bar of steel and started making it and so it's basically it's got a seven inch blade and the ricasso on that is an inch long um, with the idea that you can hold it uh, flat like uh, instead of holding the blade up and down holding it sideways and then the idea is to be able to stick that way and the Fairbairn Sykes folks um, said that 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 was so that you could reliably get between ribs (laughs) but uh the v42 which was our version of that knife included a a wider ricasso so an inch wide ricasso with a little thumb a little indentation to put the thumb and so i forged um on each side i forged in uh like a little hollow for your thumb and then I forged in Lon Humphrey style guards. Uh, the handle is, uh, um, you know, a good, nice, you know, standard dagger handle, um, full tang, uh, with uh, some bare metal on the back to use as uh, to pop someone on the head or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. not, not that I'm ever going to use it. And then in the in the handle as well, on the very tail end, is a lanyard. Um, hole if you wanted to employ that which if I was going to knife fight I think I would do that I think I would put a lanyard on in case like I get cut and drop the knife then it's still Mm -hmm. attached to me Mm -hmm. but I don't know I'm not I've never been in a knife fight so I don't know anything about it but (laughs) that seemed like a feature that you would want the best thing you know what Um, the best thing about a knife fight would be I would have a gun yeah, exactly. But I always, I always wanted one of those because of the history of them. So I just broke down and made one. Um, but the, uh, the other thing, uh, oh, the other knife I looked at. So I looked at our V forty two. I looked at the original Fairbairn Sykes, and I also looked at there's an older knife um, called the uh, Marine Raider Combat Dagger. Yep. Um, and so I, I kind of looked at the features of all of those and. I kind of made my own little version of it, but uh, neat, neat little piece, and it let me practice. Uh, let me practice the uh, double edge and getting good angles to match up and all that. Kind of a pain to do. So you know, it let me practice that um, double edge flat grind, and then I, I convex the very edge of it because I like the convex edge performance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was a bitch. It took me nine hours to do that. Of course, I was filming at the same time, but, uh, you know, if I was going to do it again, I'd do things just slightly different. But uh, every once in a while, I have to take a break because I'm grinding out, you know, a bunch of the same type of knife and I get bored. So that's what I did. That's a nice, that come out nice. Yeah. I like the, you had, did you send it off ready to, to uh, get sheath put on it? Not yet. Um, I haven't, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with it. I, I would like a sheath for that though. Um, you know, kind of like cool the, to put a leg sheath on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's long enough that you're pretty much going to have to, because <laughs> it's like, it's a seven inch blade with like a five inch handle. It's a foot long knife. <laughs> I mean, there's not too many ways you're going to carry that. <laughs> no. It'd, nope. it'd also be cool to have it so you could strap it to your pack upside oh, down yeah. like they did on yeah. like Predator and all that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's that's a cool looking piece. I like that. Yeah. That was, come that's, out, they come out nice. It's a one-off for now. I, I don't know. People have been asking me to make them, but Jesus Christ, what would you charge for that? It's nine hours of labor. Yeah. You know? Yep. I don't know. Yep, it would be difficult. I mean I'll get I'll get faster at it, but still, nine hours? That's crazy. And then you're wasting a lot of steel to get those guards on there. You know. So I don't know. I'll think about it. Maybe if I could get a sheet cut if if they came if they arrived to me cut out, then I might consider it. But uh cut out and then with uh, angles already put on there where all I have to do is convex the edge <laughs> <laughs> then I would do it if somebody wants to send me a sheet of steel that's already cut and has the angles ground in and all and the holes drilled in the handle and all I have to do is forge the guard I would consider it that's but, funny but they're too much trouble right now uh let's see uh you bet you made any more pizzas no, I did find a pan though, but the only pan I got was uh, I could get was aluminum. I'm not so happy with that idea. Hmm. We'll give it a shot. You never know. Yeah, I want to make a. Uh, um, actually, that's probably not a bad idea to do tonight. I'm having tonight. I made a a New York Stormy. style pizza. Stormy and a uh, a Sicilian. So I'll post some pics on Instagram later. That sounds good. Yep. Stormy, come here. Oh, do you, do you hear sirens in the background? Yeah, I hear sirens. That's what he's barking at. Hmm. Come here. Stormy, it's okay. You like sauerkraut? Love sauerkraut. My uh, crock of sauerkraut just finished. And it's awesome. And uh, I see that you were making some, you had some kind of apparatus on your, I'm sure that, that you didn't get that from Korea. Well, so so here's the deal. Like, <laughs> so uh, for our listeners at home, I grew half a dozen heads of cabbage in the garden this year. And they all came ready at once. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with that much cabbage? So I decided to make sauerkraut. And so I've got like a a crock, you know, like the standard crock with the weight that goes and then uh, a lid for it. And I followed the recipe for sauerkraut and the joy of cooking. And uh, it's fantastic, 
Um, but one of the things you run into is because air still gets in there, you get yeast that forms on the top. And uh, it makes fantastic sauerkraut. We had some last night, just great. But then uh, the problem was uh, I don't want to deal with that yeast. So I bought this other fermentation vessel that comes with an airlock so that once the fermentation gets going real well, um, all the oxygen gets consumed and then yeast and other crap won't grow in there. So I've got a batch of uh, kimchi going now. Nice. I'm a, I'm a big fan of kimchi. Nice. It's, it's basically just sauerkraut with hot crap in there. Yeah. And I, I yeah, leave it's got a little bite to out. it. Yeah, I, I don't put the shrimp paste in there or the fish sauce, but um, other than that, it's it's pretty tasty. Um, okay, we should probably wrap up, but before we do, you heard that uh, Eric Holder is going to resign, right? Not soon enough. <laughs> it should have been like after the Fast and Furious. You know, I, I got to tell you, I I have never for you know for a group of black people in in office. They're the most racist people I've ever seen in my life. They've done nothing to heal our country. Well, I, I just just objectively, you could look at polling, and there's pretty pretty much every uh, racial and ethnic group in the United States and every socio socioeconomic background perceives that race relations have worsened under Obama and Holder. Yep. And you know when when did do you ever remember the attorney general being a political figure? Is that am I missing something? I don't ever no. remember that being like a political office. No. What? No. Nope. Maybe I maybe I'm looking at it wrong, but I don't remember. Maybe may, maybe I'm wrong about that. What about Janet Reno though? She was with she the was Waco stuff. Yeah. yeah. But then she was pretty political. What was Alien Gonzalez? Yeah, all that they, stuff. They, but then, yeah. what about uh, were our other polit attorney generals political? I mean, was Carter's like that? Was I don't remember Reagan or Bush's? Either of the Bushes? No, I, I don't. You know, to be honest, I can't even remember who uh, who Bush's attorney general was. Yeah, it was like a non-issue. It was not. I I don't remember there being any controversy at all. And any of these other ones, except for Janet Reno. Well, I tell you, um, what he did in um, Missouri was hideous. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Ugh. How you have the chief law enforcement officer in the country is like speaking out against law enforcement. It's like, what the hell? He says he doesn't trust police. Yeah. It's well, like, what a jackass. Yeah. What a jackass. Well, he's he's also the first um, attorney general that's ever been held in contempt of court for Congress, or yeah. contempt, contempt, contempt of, Congress. of Congress. And the reason is that the even though it went away, um, the Fast and Furious thing is real, and you're about to see that um, rear its head. I don't again. think it's going away. I don't. Think well, it's it kind of it kind of went away because he did so much other bad shit. Yeah. Like, uh, let's see. Like, what's a uh, try to try to find a good rundown of the the problems. Like there's so many, it's not even funny. So like one is the Fast and Furious, which would would get pretty much anybody else prison time. Yeah. Um, then he tried to try the um, the terrorists in civilian court in New York and had to background. Yeah. Um, you know, 
uh, say what you want about the gay marriage thing. Like, I, I don't really give a damn one way or another, but some people were kind of upset that he refused to, um, you know, uphold laws that that, that were like that or, or, or stop the... Uh, um, stop those things from, uh, you know, being overturned. He basically, whenever a lawsuit would come, he wouldn't defend it. Now, mm -hmm. like, I mean, I, I don't think it's anybody, any of my business. So that, that to me was not a big deal. But then, you know, he did the same thing with the marijuana. He didn't enforce the marijuana laws. Well, he's not enforcing um, the, 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 uh, immigration laws. Well, and then the other thing is, is right when, uh, you remember when Obama was elected, there was voter intimidation. Yeah, you remember he chose that? not to do that, right? Yep. He chose he's not chosen not to prosecute the hundred and four percent turnout in in some counties that yeah. all voted a hundred percent for Obama. I mean, there's so yeah. many other things that. I mean, how do you even start with all the things that he's been in? That he's done. Well, like I said, it, it's it almost feels like it's a plan. Well, it is a plan because you know what happened. Um, he now has to has to turn over the documents that he refused to turn over for Fast and Furious. Yeah. Um, that, that ruling came actually, I think, either today or yesterday, and that's why well, he's Well, see, and that's resigned. probably why he resigned. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, he has to turn that over by October 22nd. And you remember uh, uh, Obama used uh, executive privilege to to stop the release of those documents. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that stuff. There's the fact that he will not prosecute, um, you know, all sorts of crimes if they're committed by a certain type of person against a certain type of person. Like, just won't won't prosecute it. Won't no. go after it. Like, you know, so it's like, and, and, and that's just like scratching the surface of the, the political type crap that he's done. Or how about well, yeah, the IRS he, stuff? You know, yeah. who, who's supposed to hold the IRS accountable for all that monkey business they were up to? Oops. Yeah, the Justice Department's not going to do that. Yeah, every single person who who gets uh, emails and records subpoenaed from the IRS, oops, my hard drive blew up. You know what? Fuck you and fuck <clears throat> your hard drive. You know, you can't I, nope. you can't tell me that those those emails don't exist anymore. They don't just disappear into the vapors. Yep. You know, but but they know they're protected because they know that. Just wait until there's another president. You know, Obama's going to have a, a list of of people that he's going to have to pardon when he leaves office. That's monstrous. He's yep. going to have to issue like a hundred thousand pardons for all the people who did criminal shit during his administration that yep. wasn't prosecuted because he had a a patsy. Or not a patsy, uh, lapdog attorney general, basically doing whatever the hell he felt like, you know, or or not felt like doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think the whole lot of them ought to go to prison. Well, the the thing is, is that that's why presidents have presidential pardon ability. Yeah, you know. But well, uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. If there was no crime, how do you plead the Fifth Amendment? Yeah. Well, you know, you know what? If if you, I wonder if anybody, I wonder if a president can reverse another president's pardons. Mm, it's tip. It's not done. I I would not be in favor of that. Um. Typically, that is not done. But uh, you know, but then the thing is, is like if you do a bunch of these pardons, and obviously, for obvious things that you did wrong when you were in office, then yeah. you're stained. 
And, and there's not too many ways you can, you know, if you pardon a bunch of people that did bad shit for you, that you know, the day you're leaving office, there's not too many ways you can spin that. No. You know, there goes no. your legacy, and I hope you know. Well, I don't know what his legacy is so far. It's playing golf. Yeah. I think it's playing golf. But uh, I think well, he's a freaking. <clears throat> I think he's a felon myself. Well, we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that went down. But uh, trying to think if anything else is. Well, we had um, <laughs> the call for a mercenary army. What was that? Have you haven't heard that? Well, I know that. Well, go ahead and explain it. I, I might <coughs> have a different understanding than you do. They're uh, um, okay. So Obama doesn't want to put "quote unquote" boots on the ground, right? In back in Iraq, right? I mean, he fucking premature ejaculated and pulled out everybody before he should have. I mean, everybody was saying that we he still have. Do that. Hey, shitheads! Yeah, I'm talking to you, shithead. We still have fucking boots on the ground in Japan and Germany from World War fucking two. Yeah, it's it's like sixty four years later, and we still have boots on the ground there. Why do you yep. think we have bases in Germany and Japan? Yep. You know how did you think well, we were not going to have to have bases in Iraq? Yep. Like, and, this is and stupid. So, yeah. This is all <laughs> naivety and absolute stupidity. Yep. It's incompetence. This is what happens when you this elect is, an incompetent president. This is historic levels of incompetence. <laughs> this isn't, like... A hundred years from now, they're going to look back at this and go, what the fuck were we thinking? Yeah, well, so, so anyway, we, we better so, get so off he this subject. So, so he doesn't want to put, he doesn't want to send combat troops back to, you know, instead of sending 30,000 Marines with, with rules of engagement, Back, there's been some chatter of sending ten thousand mercenaries under command of uh, a military command, and and uh, oh, basically that's... no rules of engagement, and just freaking start killing people. Well, that would actually work, but they got to yeah. have a military command that's not tied to the government. Well, they're I mean, basically that's... saying, okay, go in there and route these guys out and kill all these ISIS. People. Well, then they're going to have to be self-commanded. <clears throat> Well, contractors. Yeah, but who's gonna? That, then they need a. Yeah, the problem like a, is like is a then, NATO command, like an ISAF command. But yeah, there wouldn't but then be any, that would then yeah. But if they're commanded by that, then they still are going to have these ridiculous rules of engagement and all this stuff. Well, you know, I say that's this is put a bounty on their heads and say fair game. You come in with a pair of ears from ISIS, ISIS ears, you get ten thousand dollars. Yeah, but then they're just going to kill random people and say they're right. That's the problem with the scalp bounties that the Mexicans so and American governments had on Indians. So what? Well, I don't know. I don't. Know I mean, you can tell the, the difference that... between men ears and women ears. Well, and then and then here's the thing: is like it, the other thing is is that we we probably will need to go to mercenary forces. Um, and do shit on the sly in the future because we just don't have the stomach to prosecute a war. We just mm -mm. don't. You know, like, and here's the other problem that I see with ISIS, okay? So, I, I've been reading this uh, book or series of books by this guy, um, Will Durant. Mm -hmm. And he was a historian, um, and he, he did an 11-volume 
um, series on the history of civilization from 1935 to 1975. And uh, this is history where, like, no BS. Like, he'll give the history, but then, like, he won't pull punches. Like, he won't not report something because it doesn't make something look good. And, you know, he'll offer an opinion like, well, the reason the Spartans, uh, you know, fell from grace is that they started getting luxuries and they started living a soft life. You know, it, he'll offer an opinion as to why things went the way they did. And his opinions are, like, always spot on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the common sense thing. It's like, okay, stupid, but you're not allowed to do that anymore because, you know, this and that. But anyway, so I've been reading this history. And if you look at the way that wars have been won in always, I mean, because I would, I, I don't think we've won a war since World War II. Um, right. And it's because we stopped fighting wars uh, like you fight wars to win wars. And this goes back to ancient times. You have to... You have to go in there and kick ass, and and you're make you're not making war on the other civilization's army, you're making war on that civilization. Uh, when when did we lose this concept? Okay, you, you're civilians in that civilization. Guess what? We're at war with your civilization, and you are a civilian, which means you're part of that civilization. You know, and in in World War II, we bombed the shit out of Germany. You know, the, people should Google. The, uh, the, <laughs> the firestorm. Google that right there. Uh, we, would, we would firebomb the fuck out of these towns night after night after night. And sometimes we would firebomb them so bad that it would form like a fire tornado. Which is like yep. a shark sharknado, only more fiery. <clears throat> but they, you know, like, it would, we, we fucked them up. And we did the same thing with Japan. We fucked them up. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, they and, were, yeah, the, the Hiroshima bomb was... Uh, and the Nagasaki bomb were mild compared to what happened in Tokyo. Yeah, like the firebombing of Tokyo. I mean, yep. it, 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 this. You there know, were the, people that were on fire and yeah. lived. <laughs> yeah, and and but that's that's the thing with um. You know, conventional weapons will do the same thing. Shit, you can you can firebomb and and kill everyone in a city and raise every structure with with an axe, and it's been done historically. You know, it's yep. just that nuclear weapons and modern weapons make that a little bit easier and a little less labor-intensive. But, but uh, the, the problem that you get into with ISIS is, who are their civilians that you're going to bomb? What civilization are they a part of? That's the that's problem. A, that's the problem. You know, so, so if, you, if you start going after the civilians that support ISIS and trying to bomb them, you're going to have to bomb, like, a shit ton of countries. You're going to have to bomb Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, you're going to have to bomb parts of Minneapolis. You know, like, that's the problem. They, they have supporters all over the place. They've already caught a bunch of people from Minneapolis up, you know, fighting for them. And Yep. You know, so yep. which civilians do you bomb? <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the problem. You know, so I, I think that going forward, since we don't have the the political will to fight a war and win it anymore, I think you're going to have to see us hire mercenaries yeah. to do it, and then claim, well, they just went overboard or whatever. Yep. And we're, but we're not going to prosecute them. Yeah. So did you um uh you happen to catch the the um, Scotland chose not to. 
secede from <laughs> yeah, English that. rule, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I couldn't believe the number of people in Texas that were interested in um, in that story because they because Texas wants to secede secede now. Texas always wants to, and Northern yeah. California wants to. Yep. Secede from Southern California. It's like, uh, well, you know what? And, and if I was Northern California, I would want to also. I would not want to have to pay for that mess down south. You know, it'd be much better to have that as its own country. Yeah, the problem is then you got to defend yourself and trade agreements. I mean, it, it it sounds like a good idea until like you realize that now you're your own country, <laughs> and you got to have a military and like. And the biggest military in the world is pissed off at you. <laughs> now yep. what? Did you? Did you? <laughs> well, just watch the movie "The Mouse That Roared." Yeah, or, or watch what happens when you go after a bunch of guys with AK-47s in Afghanistan. You yeah. know, just because you've got a kick-ass military doesn't mean you win. Yeah. Ask Russia. Ask us. <laughs> yep. But uh, still, you'd have to be willing to go through all of that, and then. How are you going to be like a country that's the size of a state? That's like Belgium. Well, yeah, but Israel isn't very big. Yeah, but they have our support, and they have the UN support. <clears throat> you don't think you could get you could you don't think that you could get support? Fuck no! I bet you. I bet the you. World, if Texas the world seceded, is they get some support. If, if, if Texas seceded, they they would be doing it because they were not collectivist. The world right, right now is on a collectivist bent. If you yeah. su- if you secede because you say, well, screw this, like we believe in individual freedom and we believe in individual responsibility that goes with that freedom. We're all for charity, but listen, we don't want this government running our lives anymore. That the yeah. world is trending towards that. You would you would have the entire world come out against you. You wouldn't have yeah. a, a single ally in that. Except that you'd have oil if you were Texas. Yeah, you'd but, be able to drill, get rid of the EPA. I, I just think that the world would come down on you. Yeah. But anyway, we better. It'll be get interesting off this. to see. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But we we just had some epic quality ranting there for our people that enjoy <laughs> that. For the people that don't, we had a good hour of uh, non-rant talk. Uh, I got to get going here. Yeah, I got some stuff I got to do too. Um. So, like us on Facebook. We're going to have to close this up, right? Yep. Like us on Facebook. Drop us a note at uh, podcast at knifejournal.com. Go to the forums at knifejournal.com and join us for some spirited discussion. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, see you next time. Keep your, ni- keep your knives sharp and your friends sharper. Yep. Bye. Have fun. Yeah, bye.